0: In your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. <laughs> shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. And that one is hit hard. Oh, and he is hit hard. Hey, it's me, Billy V, and this is Billy V Sports, Sports Hits. Hits on Renegade Sports Talk Radio. Thank you for joining me as we talk playoff football 2016. And uh, before we go ahead with my predictions for the remainder of the playoffs after a wild, wild card weekend, in order to check out what my um, validity is on these picks, let's go back and look at my preseason playoff predictions. Now you know. Let me let me just say right out the start. Nobody gets them all right in the preseason. Every year is different. That's why they play the games. So nobody's perfect. But we actually did pretty well. First of all, of course, our big surprise pick in the preseason when I picked my playoff teams. The Houston Texans. Flashback. Back. Back. So remember you heard it here first. Uh, in the AFC we have Houston coming out of nowhere. <coughs> Back to the present. 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 Yeah, I actually made fun of myself for picking the Houston Texans. And plenty of people made fun of me as well for doing so. And yet, despite the fact that they could not find a quarterback, the Houston Texans made the playoffs. So that was my big pick, right? Um, because usually teams that don't have a good quarterback don't make the playoffs. And of course, the Indianapolis Colts were the team that traditionally won that division and. They did have a great quarterback in Andrew Luck, but as I said in my preseason predictions, you can't just every year uh, worry about the offense and let the defense get worse and worse and just expect to make the playoffs. And so sure enough, the Colts finished 8-8 and and didn't make the playoffs, and the Houston Texans made it, despite using four different quarterbacks this year. My other AFC picks, actually, I did do well. I had five out of the six teams that ended up making the playoffs in the AFC. The Broncos, the New England Patriots, Pittsburgh, Denver, and Houston. And the only place where I came up short was that I had picked the Baltimore Ravens, who actually had a horrific season this year. And then over in the NFC, I didn't do as well. I had uh, the Packers. I had the Minnesota Vikings, which is a team that not a lot of people were picking um, to make the playoffs in the preseason, uh, before the season started, but I did pick Minnesota, they did make it, and I picked Seattle. I missed on uh, the St. Louis Rams, I had them making it, I had New Orleans making it. Um, I was correct in that when I picked New Orleans, I said a lot of people, some people, NFL prognosticators and so forth, were picking the Atlanta Falcons to win that division, uh, the NFC South, and that I said, no way will the Atlanta Falcons make it. And actually, they came out, played very well, early part of the year, but then uh, they proved me right, finishing 8-8 out of the playoffs. But my worst pick, undoubtedly, was that I picked the Philadelphia Eagles to win the NFC East. And, um, you know, I've been over this. I've talked about what a terrible job Chip Kelly did, but I should have known better because during the offseason when Chip Kelly was making all these crazy moves... And uh, he traded LaShawn McCoy and, uh, you know, McCoy implied that he was racist and all that. And then he made some other trades and some other moves when Chip Kelly didn't or cut uh, offensive lineman Evan Mathis because Mathis had the nerve to ask for more money. um, I wrote an article in which I said, see, Chip Kelly is not a racist. He's an equal opportunity idiot because he cut a guy who was white for asking for more money. Just as he cut black players for stupid reasons Or traded them uh, As the case may be Having cut Deshaun Jackson two years earlier And then trading Deshaun McCoy And um And so you know I, I I went off on Chip Kelly I said he was an idiot for the moves that he made in the offseason Yet I still picked the Eagles to make the playoffs Mostly because Not because I, I thought they were going to be that good But because that NFC East division Was so bad And uh, I figured that uh you know, they would edge out the defending champion, Dallas Cowboys. Well, the Cowboys sucked. But at least the Cowboys had the excuse of losing their starting quarterback for a good period of time, Tony Romo. The Eagles were healthy and still sucked because of what Chip Kelly had done to them. By the way, and, and I went on my Chip Kelly rant. I'm not going to get on it too much this time, but I did that last time. But Bill Belichick, New England Patriots coach, comes out and says after Kelly gets fired, that it was a bad move. He doesn't understand. He doesn't understand why the Eagles fired Chip Kelly. Most of the guys Chip Kelly traded or got rid of didn't do that well with their new teams. Now, keep in mind that Bill Belichick is friendly with Chip Kelly. Before Chip Kelly was even in the NFL, uh, he uh, he showed Bill Bill Belichick his high-tempo, up-speed, high-speed offense that he was using at Oregon and showed him how he worked it and, and you know, they're buddies, so Belichick is biased, but my goodness, to make that statement is so ridiculous, I mean, Chip Kelly traded LaShawn McCoy, McCoy ends up being sixth in the league in uh, yards per game so how's that not a good year, but moreover, DeMarco Murray whom Chip Kelly signed to replace LaShawn McCoy, finished 36th yards per game. Remember, this stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum. You can't just say, oh, the guy he traded wasn't that good. you got to look at how did the guy he traded away do in comparison to the guy he brought in to replace him. Sixth for LaShawn McCoy, 36th for DeMarco Murray. Um, And meanwhile, some of the other guys that he got rid of, uh, Evan Mathis, whom I mentioned, ended up being a starter for Denver. And oh, Denver made the playoffs. Uh, Jeremy Macklin, whom Chip Kelly did not re-sign, uh, went to Kansas City, and, oh, Kansas City made the playoffs. Deshaun Jackson, whom Chip Kelly had cut the year before, went to Washington, and Washington made the playoffs. So all these guys are making the playoffs, and Chip Kelly's going home. How's somebody going to say that the guys he got rid of weren't that effective? Absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, also ridiculous that I picked the Eagles to win the division, knowing that Chip Kelly had destroyed that team. Um... So now let's look forward to um, what we can expect in the playoffs this year. All right. so uh, Kansas City, having uh, dominated Houston in the first round of the playoffs, will now face the New England Patriots. The Patriots, uh, I had correctly picked them to make the playoffs this year. I didn't expect them to be as great as they were. They are once again an amazing team because, despite his uh, ridiculous statements about Chip Kelly, Bill Belichick is an amazing coach. He 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 is the coach that Chip Kelly thought he was. Belichick is a guy who can get rid of anybody and just keep winning. Doesn't matter. You know, he can have a guy like Jonas Gray come out of nowhere, gain two hundred something yards in a game rushing, and then the following week guy is late for practice and Belichick benches him and they just keep right on winning, you know, stick Anybody in there, Garrett, Blunt, whoever, whomever it may be, and just keep right on rolling, keep right on winning. That's, that's Belichick. He is able to actually do that. Of course, a lot of that may have to do with the fact that he has Tom Brady as his quarterback as well. They just keep finding ways to win, and I think the Patriots will defeat Kansas City, especially because the aforementioned Jeremy Macklin is hurt and uh, probably will not play. And then in the other AFC playoff game, it's Pittsburgh and Denver. Which reminds me, uh, the other part of my prediction before the season was that the Super Bowl would be the Green Bay Packers and the Pittsburgh Steelers with Green Bay winning. So both of my Super Bowl teams are still alive as well. And since I pit- uh, picked Pittsburgh, there's a, there's a um, you know, that's like Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Oh, I got that one right. I did that one okay. But since I picked Pittsburgh, <laughs> that is a tongue twister, before the season, I'm going to stay with the Steelers. Uh, to defeat the Denver Broncos and go to the um, AFC Championship game against New England. So I guess um, it's likely that it will be another disappointment for Peyton Manning in the playoffs. Um, And then over in the NFC, the Seattle Seahawks will be taking on the Carolina Panthers. You know, all season long I was not a big believer that the Carolina Panthers were for real. Um and then they just kept on winning and winning and winning and finished 15 and 1. That's unbelievable. So I got to pick Carolina to win. That should be a great game though. You got you got Cam Newton who probably is the MVP of the league for Carolina at quarterback and then Seattle has Russell Wilson at quarterback who was probably the best player in the league the second half of the season. He was he had an unbelievable run late in the season. So those two guys, both of them can uh, run an offense. Both of them can scramble and run the football. Both of them can sit in the pocket and make great passes. So that's a great game, Seattle-Carolina. I got to pick Carolina to win that. And then the other game, Green Bay and Arizona. Uh, Arizona was a team I did not pick to make the playoffs, but they went 13-3, and three, give the Cardinals credit. But the Green Bay Packers, uh, coming off of their win over Washington in the wildcard round, and being the team that I picked to win the Super Bowl, I'm going to stay with them. So I've got um, New England, Pittsburgh, Carolina, and Green Bay as your final four. By the way, when I, speaking of those Pittsburgh Steelers, that game against the Bengals was one of the most unbelievable games I've ever seen. And I'll admit up front, I am something of a Bengals fan. To watch them blow that game against Pittsburgh... Forget about the fact that I had picked Pittsburgh to be in the um, Super Bowl. I'm rooting for the Bengals, and to watch them just blow a game, where you know Pittsburgh has to march all the way downfield, or not all the way downfield, but they've got to cover they've got to cover a good sixty yards to get in field goal range. And of course, they're letting them throw in. And of course, you know the Bengals thought they had the game won when Vontae Burfict picked off a pass and just kept running with the ball all the way into the locker room because he thought the game was over, but there's a minute and a half left to play, and then, you know, the Bengals fumble the ball, Jeremy Hill fumbles the ball, and then the Steelers get the ball, but they still got to go like 60 yards to get in field goal range, and then, of all the things, Burfict commits a penalty, hitting the guy up around the head, hitting not a guy, but the guy, Antonio Brown, the best receiver in all of football, which we'll talk about in just a second, um, He hits him up around the head and gets a 15-yard penalty, and now that puts... Um, that puts Pittsburgh right there, right around the area where they need to be for a field goal, uh, right around the thirty-five or so. And and then Adam Jones starts arguing and, and carrying on and and he gets and he and he actually pushes an official and he gets hit with a fifteen yard penalty. And now it's a chip shot for the Steelers kicker. It's a chip shot and they win the game. And that's got to be one of the dumbest things I have ever seen in the NFL in my life. And Adam Jones, you know, he got rid of that nickname Pac-Man because it was associated with so many dumb things that he had done when he was a rookie coming into the league. Now he's just Adam Jones, but he's still, he still does idiotic things like that. I mean, he cost his team a playoff game. He cost his team a playoff game. What an idiotic thing to get into this big argument and fuss and fight and then he was, he was arguing with uh, Pittsburgh's uh, Joey Porter, the former player who's now a coach because he came on the field, and he's, he's yelling and screaming at him, I guess, to get off the field and trying to get at him and pushing an official aside. Listen, Antonio Brown is laying on the ground injured. It's not completely uh, outrageous for a coach to come out and check and see if he's okay. And, you know, at this point, you've got a game on the line. You can't be doing stupid stuff. And I think Marvin Lewis will probably lose his job as Bengals coach because of it, too, because, you know, the Steelers and the Bengals have this history of constantly, you know, fighting and getting into all kind of altercations and stuff before games. They did it the last time they played. And, you know, he has got to get his team under control. There's such emotionally out of control guys, and he's got to get that team under control and, 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 and make sure they know, particularly at that time, don't do anything stupid. That's so stupid to get a 15-yard penalty and give them a chip shot field goal, which it would have been like a 50-yard attempt. Adam Jones is an idiot, and uh, whoever replaces Marvin Lewis, because I'm sure Marvin Lewis gets the ax after this, whoever replaces Marvin Lewis, got to get rid of that guy. What an idiot. But uh, speaking of Antonio Brown, I just wanted to say that here's the thing about Antonio Brown. He is the best receiver on the planet. Now, Julio Jones of Atlanta had an incredible season, and they tied for the league lead with 136 catches this year which is an unbelievable number and, and but Antonio Brown has now put together three straight years where he had over 100 receptions and the thing about Antonio Brown is here he's only the best receiver in the world I mean, he's just unbelievable, and you don't hear anything about him. And it's just a sad comment on the media today. You know, you wonder why players act stupid. You wonder why they get all overdo it with all the celebrations and the dancing and stuff. This is exactly why. Because a guy like Antonio Brown, all he does is go out and play and be the best in the world, and he gets no publicity. But a guy like uh, Odell Beckham, who's a dirty player, who's, you know, slamming guys it, it, with helmet to helmet hits when they're not looking And doing all that stuff And then after he's co- committed like three penalties That he should have been thrown out of the game He f- scores a touchdown And he goes into this unbelievable amount of celebration And everybody's talking about Odell Beckham Because he's an idiot But nobody talks about Antonio Brown Because all he does is play and be the most professional player On the field As well as the best player on the field And he gets no credit I'll give credit to Sports Illustrated They put him on his co- on their cover recently but Odell Beckham and all these other guys, you know, uh, Des Bryant always getting into fights and everybody wants to give them all this pub. Here's a guy, and, and most wide receivers are such divas anyway. Here's a guy, Antonio Brown, who's so good, who's so great, and yet he gets no publicity. All right, one other thing I want to talk about. I don't usually go too much into baseball. I just want to say what a great thing it is that the Baseball Hall of Fame voting uh, committee, that is to say the Baseball Writers Association of America, These guys finally figured it out and put Mike Piazza in the Hall of Fame. Only the greatest hitting catcher in the history of baseball, and they made him wait three years. What are these guys, like, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? I'm so glad that Mike Piazza got in. I'm so glad he finally got in, Okay. Um, and I have no particular reason to root for Mike Piazza. I'm in Philly. He is from the Philly area. He's from Norristown. But, you know, he played for the Dodgers. He played for the Mets, the Phillies' arch rivals. So it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm a homer or anything. It's just that he's such a great player. How does he not go in his first year or even his second year of eligibility? What are these Hall of Fame voters thinking? Apparently, some of them suspected he might have used performance-enhancing drugs. And I will say, you know, it's hard because now it's it's uncharted waters for these writers to try to figure out who used drugs and who didn't. So don't try. If a guy wasn't actually found to be using, if, if he didn't test positive for drugs, steroids, what have you, vote him in on his record, period. You can't be going by a bunch of speculation to keep a guy out of the Hall of Fame. Oh, he had pimples on his back. Are you kidding me? How ridiculous is that? To keep a guy out because of stupid stuff like those kinds of rumors and stuff. You know, you vote him into the Hall of Fame because he had the numbers and the credentials to to deserve to be there. And then if for some reason, um, you know, something comes out that proves that a guy used drugs, you, you take him out. You take him out of the Hall of Fame. That's all. But you can't not put a guy in there because of stupid suspicions. Of course, these Hall of Fame baseball writers anyway, they have this weird, weird thing going on where they won't elect a guy one year. But then they'll elect him three years later, and it's like, the dude's been retired the whole time, man. Either he's a Hall of Famer or he's not. How do you vote for him, one? not vote for him one year, two years, three years, and then in year four, you suddenly vote for him? Like, what changed? Nothing. It's ridiculous. With Jim Rice of the Red Sox, he waited 15 years, and then in his 15th year, and then after, after 15 years, you're no longer eligible to go in. You're no longer on the ballot. You get 15 years on the ballot. In his 15th and final year on the ballot, they voted him into the Hall of Fame. I mean, come on, man. What changed in 15 years? Nothing. How did these writers, uh, except that these writers, I guess, finally got a clue? It's just ridiculous. But anyway, they finally got one right. They finally got this one right. And put Mike Piazza, greatest hitting catcher in the history of baseball, into the Hall of Fame. All right. That's going to do it for me and my rants for now, but uh, we'll be back with another podcast soon here on Renegade Sports Talk Radio. Thanks for joining me, Billy V, for another edition of Billy V Sports. Big in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior.